Thank you, guys. You brought your Bibles, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I was praying about what to share for a couple of weeks, and, and there's so many things that would time with the theme of homecoming, decoration, death, life, heaven, hell. There's so many things. But um, I want to share with you about the rapture. Now, I know our, our, our adults have been studying in the month of May about the rapture. I think you had about maybe eight lessons in regards to the rapture, but not everybody perhaps was studying. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. I don't know how many sermons I've preached about on the rapture, but this is different from any that I've preached. Same passage, different sermons. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. Jesus said, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Verse 17, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time that we've had to come together this morning and worship, praise songs and hymns. And now as we open your word, we pray that the Holy Spirit will take your word, carry it to each heart, apply it to each heart. We know your word will not return void. It will accomplish what it goes forth to do. Help us to be serious in our relationship with you today as we think about this thing called the rapture. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Recently, I picked up a book. Really, I ordered it online. I ordered this book online by Dr. David Jeremiah entitled The Book of Signs, 31 Undeniable Prophecies of the Apocalypse. 31 undeniable prophecies about the apocalypse or about the end of time. And I thought it was interesting because he takes these signs, he divides these signs of the coming apocalypse, and he divides those into five parts. And he deals first with international signs. And he talks about Israel, and he talks about Europe, he talks about Russia and Babylon, he talks about America. And so you have the international signs before the apocalypse, the end of time. Then he talks about culture signs, signs in our cultures that's pointing toward the apocalypse, toward the end of time. 
cultural signs such as materialism and immorality and radical Islam. And then he mentions apathy, where people get to a point to where they just don't care about what's going on in the world, what's going on in their world, and what's coming after they leave this world. They're just apathetic. They just don't care. He talks about those signs. And then he talks about heavenly signs, things that's going to take place in the heavenlies. And the first thing that he mentions there is the rapture. And then after the heavenly signs, he talks about the tribulational signs. The great tribulation evidently comes after the rapture. And then the end, E-N-D, the end signs. And so he divides, his, he divides those book of signs, 31 undeniable facts, signs, about the end of the age. And this morning, I want us to think about the next prophetic event scheduled on God's calendar, which is known as the rapture. So we have the international signs that will be fulfilled. We'll have the culture signs we see in those being fulfilled. And then the next thing that's going to happen is what takes place in the heavenlies, and that first is going to be the rapture. Now, the Bible teaches that there's coming a day in which God will remove His people from planet Earth to escape the coming earthquakes and fires and other global crises. The rapture is the event in which all who have put their faith in Jesus Christ will be suddenly be caught up from the earth and taken to heaven by Jesus Himself. And so if you've jotted down notes, what is the rapture? What is the rapture? Well, the rapture is the method. It's a method that God uses to provide a way of escape for His saints prior to the Great Tribulation. It is an evacuation plan that God has to prevent His saints, His people, the believers, from suffering in the Great Tribulation. It prevents us from suffering all the horror and all the agony and all the devastation like never seen before or imagined before. And so we have this calling up, this catching away of the church. He told the church at Philippi in Revelation 3 verse 10, listen, he says, Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world. And so the Christian, the believer, we're not going to go through the tribulation. I heard someone share recently, they said, it looks like this is the end of the world. No, it's not the end of the world. It's going to be a lot worse than it is now, but we're not going to be here as a believer. And at any moment, the rapture can take place. And so what is the purpose of the rapture? It's the evacuation of God's people to prevent them from going through the great tribulation, horror, and sorrows. But secondly, the rapture is a signless event. Sometimes we misunderstand the scripture and we'll begin to, to mix Revelation 24 and, Re and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 together. I see this quite often, uh, Matthew 24 and chapter 25. 
Matthew 24, I heard a sermon years ago entitled, Matthew 24 is at your door. And so the signs given in Matthew 24 and 25, those signs point to the second coming of the Lord. We're talking about the rapture. We're not talking about when the Lord comes back to the earth. That's his second coming. First coming was his birth. The second coming is when he comes back and sets his foot down at on Golgotha, Mount Calvary. Comes back to, to and walks through the Garden of Gethsemane and walks through the Eastern Gate and goes to the, to the throne in the temple. The temple's got to be rebuilt. Goes to his throne in the temple and sets up a kingdom rule. That's the second coming, but we're talking about the rapture. We're talking about the next thing on God's calendar that's going to happen. Matthew 24, 25, give many signs that point to the second coming. Talking about war, talking about pestilences, talking about earthquakes, talking about deception. But remember this, no signs are given to prepare us for the coming rapture. No signs are given. It, it can occur any moment. That's what's known as the, the imminent return of Christ. There's what's known as the doctrine of imminency. Uh, if something is imminent, uh, it's going to take place. Uh, the, the doctrine of imminency. Um, the English word imminent means, to, is, means hanging over one's head, ready to befall or to overtake one or close at hand. Now, other things may happen before the imminent event of the return of Christ, but nothing else must take place before it happens. You may see a lot of things that will happen. But nothing else must take place before it happens. It could happen any minute. So what is the rapture? An evacuation of the people of God to escape the coming tribulation of the wrath of God. And then the rapture is a signless event. It's imminent. It could take place any moment. It's kind of like hanging over our head. Now for the believer, that's not something to worry about. I mean to be carried away from here to keep from suffering and what's coming after the rapture, which is the great tribulation. That's not, nothing, that's not something that we want to worry about because we're not going to experience that. Someone said, and I mentioned, you know, it looks like the end of the world. Now, before you get to the book of Revelation, you've got to get to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and that's the rapture. So the rapture is a signless event. But number three, the rapture is a sudden event. Sudden event. Look, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Probably be on your screen. 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to read verse 51. Notice, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That means we won't all die. But we shall be all changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now notice, he says, we're going to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Now I've heard people say, you know, this is like in, in the blink of an eye. Did you know a twinkling of an eye is quicker than the blink of an eye? I didn't know that. I always use the blink. You know, a blink's pretty quick. <laughs> but a twinkle of the eye is quicker. 
the, the twinkling of an eye. Listen to what I found out. The amount of light traveling 186,000 miles per second to be reflected on the retina of one's eye. Think how quick that is. And the idea and the point is the rapture is going to be sudden. It's going to be sudden. It's going to be the speed of light. It's going to happen that quick. In less than, in, in less than a nanosecond, the Lord will call His believers to Himself. And let me tell you something. You're not going to hear anything. All of a sudden, they're going to go up. They're going to go up. So the rapture is a sudden event, quick. And then number four, you have the return of the Lord. Verse 16, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Notice what he says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. The Lord himself will descend from heaven. This is in keeping with the word of God in regards to Acts chapter, chapter 1, verse 11, when you had, the, when, when you had the, the angels spoke to the disciples and, and said, Ye men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. This same Jesus. So the Lord returns. Jesus himself returns. So the point is, his return will be personal. It'll be the Lord Jesus. And it'll be physical. You'll see him. We'll see him when we're, when we're going up. We're going to see Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Just for a side note. Look at chapter 4, verse 14. The scripture says this. He says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, those who have died in Jesus. God's going to bring them with him. You see, there's a separation when we die. This is a body laid out here in the cemetery. The Bible calls it a tabernacle. The, Bible, the word tabernacle means a tent. This is nothing but just a tent. This is nothing but a shell for the soul, a house for the soul. And just like any old tent, sometimes it gets worn and it gets ragged and the wind rips it and it's torn. And, and after a long period of time, perhaps, it just collapses and falls. That's what the body is. But the soul doesn't collapse and fall and, and the soul goes to be with the Lord or it goes to be in that place called hell. This is just the body. That's the bodies out there of our loved ones. But something interesting is going to happen. So he's going to bring the souls, spirits, those who have gone on from here that are buried out there. And there's going to be a resurrection of their body out there. And they're going to meet in the air and be reunited with their soul, with their spirit. And that's going to happen. And so the return of the Lord is physical. And it's personal. And he's not coming by himself. He's bringing our loved ones with him. And then notice, number five, if you're taking notes, you have the resurrection of the dead. This is how it happens. The resurrection of the dead. Look at verse 15. For if we say by, 
For we say by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are dead, who are asleep. Those, verse 15 says, those who are asleep. Now that word asleep throws a lot of people off. He's not teaching soul sleep. He's not teaching that your soul goes to sleep and, and your soul's going to stay out there with the body. I mean, how can he bring it with him if it's with the body? But this sleep, Paul used this, a Greek word. Uh, koneo is the Greek word, meaning to sleep in death. It's the same word used when Lazarus died, when Stephen died, fell asleep, when David died, fell asleep. When Jesus Christ died, fell asleep, rested. So the concept of death used by the early Christians was this Greek word known as koometrion, which means a, a, a rent house for strangers, a sleeping place. Um, it's the word in which we get the English word cemetery. In Paul's day, the word was used for inns, I-N-N-S. It's what we would call a hotel or a motel. Someone would just go and rest there for a while. You know, we check in at the Hilton. We check in. I don't check in at the Hilton. I check in somewhere else. Um, Ramada Inn, I don't check in there now. But, but I'll check in some. The cheapest one I can find, I'll check in. And we spend a night in sleep. And when we awake, we're refreshed and we're ready to go. That's the thought that Paul's expressed in this word koamo. He, he's talking about when a Christian dies, it's if their body is slumbering peacefully in a place of rest. We've laid them to rest out there, their body. Their soul's not there. It's going to come back and unite with that body. Their body is just waiting to be awakened by the Lord. Therefore, as a Christian, we convey the concept of death, not as a tragic finality, but just a temporary sleep out there waiting to be awakened by the Lord. So what's the purpose of the rapture? The rapture is a, 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 a signless event. The rapture is a sudden event, the return of the Lord. Then you have the resurrection of the dead, verse 15. Now you have the redemption. What takes place? When we come up or when we're here and we're alive still and Christ comes back. Look, if you will, back at verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that those who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, that's us, if he should come today, will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will, be, that will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel with the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Verse 17, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall be with the Lord. Now not only will the dead be raised and changed, but those that are alive will be changed. You know, uh, I kind of like the idea of him coming back while I'm alive. Amen? Well, some of you would rather die, but I hadn't. I'd, rather, I'd rather be alive when the rapture takes place. Um, <laughs> used to, it didn't matter, but older I get, I'd like to see the rapture take place. But the dead will be raised, but those who are alive... And remain. I'll be raised, but they'll be changed. 
Now, the change will be the redemption of the body. This is good. 1 John 3, verse 2. 1 John 3, verse 2. I'm going to close with this. 1 John 2. Uh, 1 John 3, I'm sorry. 1 John 3. Beloved, now we're the children of God, and it's not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. We know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. That's the redemption of this old body. We're going to have a new body. It's going to be made just like Christ. I'm going to be just like Him. And then... Uh, Point number seven, if you take your notes. The rapture fulfilled. You say, Brother Sammy, do you really believe that the rapture is going to take place? Well, let me share this with you. It's already taken place several times. Just not in this big a scope. You remember Enoch? Hebrews 11, verse 5. Remember how God took him? That's rapture. You remember Elijah, and that chariot came, and that whirlwind took him? That's rapture. You remember Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2 through 4, how Paul went into this third heaven? That's rapture. He came back. You remember Jesus Christ, Acts chapter 10, 10 and 11, how he was standing there with his disciples, and all of a sudden he just started going up, and he went into a cloud? That's rapture. And so if you think that God can rapture Enoch and Elijah and Paul and Jesus, do you not think he can just rapture the church? <laughs> sure he can. Sure he can. So the question is not, is it going to happen? But the question is this, are you ready for it to happen? You don't want to miss that trip. Can you imagine God's Holy Spirit dwelling in every believer? Then all of a sudden... The Holy Spirit leaves the face of this earth. I'm going to read, and I thought Jeremiah, in a book I was reading, he did a fantastic summary on this. I'll close with this. He said this, listen, just as a good summary. <clears throat> so here's a summary of what happens. The Lord Jesus returns from heaven, bringing the souls of those who have already died with him. The bodies of those dead saints are resurrected and changed, the dead saints. And then the bodies of those Christians who are alive and remain at His coming are also changed. When this happens, God's going to hover over the universe and all who have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, those who have been resurrected, those who have never died are going to be snatched up like particles of iron drawn upward by a magnet pulled right out of the population, suctioned off the planet. It's going to happen instantly. No time to get ready. No prelude. No preliminaries. We're gone. You going to be a part of that? Are you going to be a part of that? Maybe you're thinking about being a part of it. Maybe you're just putting it off. That's what the devil would have you do. The worst thing anyone can do is 
is to fall prey to the devil and listen to the devil when the devil says, you have plenty of time. He may call your name. He may call your name. Death, you know, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after death the judgment. We have an appointment. We're talking about this this week. Uh, the appointment. Rita and I, our church secretary, was talking about the appointment. It's, it's, I have an appointment. It wasn't yesterday, but it may be today. It may be tomorrow. But I have an appointment with death, but I also have an appointment with the Lord Jesus when he comes back for his church. Because I'm going to be called up, snatched away, raptured. Can it happen? It has before. <laughs> It'll happen again. Don't miss that trip. That's our word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to open your word and just be reminded of what's coming next for the believer. Lord, we know, we know the signs of internationalism. We know the signs of our culture. We know the signs of the heavenlies, the rapture's next. Right after that, we know the signs of the tribulation. And for the sake of your people, you're calling us out before all the other takes place. And I pray for each person here this morning. And I pray if they've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life, today would be the day they do that. I pray you'd speak to hearts during this invitation time, whether guests or whether been uh, attending this church or some other church, been visiting or whatever. I pray they'll be serious with their relationship with you, if no other time than right now in their relationship. If they've never trusted you, I pray they'll do that today. Thank you for what you're going to do in this hymn of invitation. As people humble their hearts, not trusting in themselves, not trusting their good works, but just trust by putting their faith, trust in you. Accepting the gospel that you came, you died on the cross for their sins, you were buried, you arose again, and one day you're coming back. You're doing that. You're coming back. So help us, we pray now, to examine our heart to make sure we're ready for that trip. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.